And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And welcome, everybody, to another edition here of the Mount Steel Podcast. With, of course, yours truly, Charles Barge Ritchie. An exciting one coming up on this edition. As we uh, get ready, we are a full week away from the Steelers season opener as they will open up on the road Versus New York football giants in the Meadowlands in New Jersey. That game will be on Monday Night Football. As we get into a lot more stuff, the biggest news uh, being at the end of last night, Cam Hayward and the Pittsburgh Steelers finally agreeing to a new uh, deal for him, an extension he has extended for another four more years, which will run him through the 2024 season. Plus, the Steelers also made the announcements of their new team captains, uh, pretty much uh, today, and congratulations in order to guys like uh, T.J. Watt and Jordan Dangerfield. They become first-time captains in their careers as they have been playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, Jordan Dangerfield, who has been around since 2014, mainly off the bench. But then you also got uh, the other uh, three captains on there. It is Ben Rosberger and Marquise Pouncey on the offense. Uh, and for the other defense player, uh, so you got three on defense, with the third one being Cam Hayward. And uh, happy congratulations over to Cam once again. Uh, it is a beautiful thing to see right there. There was a lot of doubts with uh, him and his agent, as everyone re- remember this past month, trying to orchestrate a new deal. A lot of uncertainty going on with COVID-19, how that was going to be affecting the salary cap as it related for next year. But, I mean, you really got to see uh, what was happening here. I mean, with the Steelers. I mean, how they're still proved to be able to take care of their own. But I think a lot of it, in my opinion, I mean, you look at a lot of the roster cuts that were made. I mean, at the time, he had about 15 uh, guys that were signing off to the practice squad. They cut about 27 guys back on late Saturday. Or early Saturday afternoon, I should say. Which is reported a few hours later. And when you look at Sunday morning, heading into that contract, remember, there are a little over $9 million in salary cap space with all the contracts in there, uh, mind you, including the ones that don't account that are not part of the top 51. So they had a lot to do with it as well, I felt. And for a guy like Camp, too, I mean, who's really uh, put in his work, I mean, for all, all he's doing, I mean, over the years... I mean, you really got to uh, give it to them for right now. Uh, what, what, what you could just really just say right here, I mean, give uh, big-time kudos and major props once again to the dynamic duel of Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan. And, and, and of course, Art Rooney. But, I mean, those two in particular, I mean, pretty much safe to say at this point in time, they are salary cap gurus at this point. And it's just, it's just really a testament how they uh, – Continue to take care of the guys. 
I mean, unfortunately, I remember around this time last year going into the season, I mean, when you looked at it, I mean, there was no deal for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he has to sell for the franchise tag once again, which he, he did, I mean, which was forced to be offered to him since they could not strike a new long-term deal. He put on taking that deal, and uh, basically it was just a season that was uh, left lingering, uh, basically, and... I mean, you couldn't just help but feel right now, I mean, for him, I mean, listen, I mean, a guy like uh, Cam Hayward, he's just been a great captain and a great representative on and off the field. And one of the things that we hear from a guy like uh, Tunch Oaken, who's a current radio analyst, a former player for the Steelers, as an offensive lineman, I mean, one of the biggest things that he always said, too, I mean, that he was one of many that alludes to this, this is a guy who's been making all pros in the last few years at the age of 30. I mean, when, when you look at, I mean, Cam Hayward, I mean, in his uh, career, in his prime. I mean, when, when you look at, like, uh, the last few seasons of his career, when he was uh, 28 through 30, he made three street pro bowls, which is his first three in his career, and made two all pros in between. And his last one being 30 years old a year ago. And, I mean, those are just huge, uh, striking, significant moments. I mean, when you really think about it. I mean, that is uh, very impressive stuff right there. I mean, this guy did not come in here uh, nonchalant. And I hate to say it, though. And I'm not trying to beat up a guy on a guy like Le'Veon Bell. But you got to really uh, look yourself hard in the mirror. And I want to see a guy like him stick around. But in my opinion, and... I don't know about anyone else, but I think this makes Le'Veon Bell look uh, worse in so many levels, in my opinion. I'm going to say that right now. I don't care who's watching this. Uh, if you guys want to disagree or disagree with me, listen, I mean, Le'Veon Bell was playing by the rules last year. I get that. But at the same time, too, there's a way you also go about handling things, trying to be there for your teammates. I mean, and I want to see you guys get money. I mean, I don't want to see anyone... Get, feel like they're getting shafted, but at the same time, I think having your full teammates' uh, support and the president, you're going to be there, I mean, where it's grinding it out in training camp, I mean, being safe with your bodies, I mean, those core values, and I know it's kind of hard to, like, really identify with it these days, Well, we're living the times where we're trying to show uh, love and respect to our, uh, our black brothers, too, who especially fighting for her protesting, I mean, you look at everything that's been happening around us. So much uh, controversy uh, just happening around our society these days. And I, I just feel like, you know, some people feel like, you know, with the NFL, especially being a, a cutthroat business at times, including with the Steelers, too, at times. I mean, they, they have to make some tough decisions. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they are fair. I mean, whether, whether you like it or not. And, I you know what? The thing is, Cam Hayward... I mean, has been doing everything that he could ever do for this organization. And I just really feel like for, uh, for him, he's did it the right way. And, uh, and again, I don't mean to be taking shots at Le'Veon Bell, even though I kind of am right now. But let's face it. I mean, a lot of people will probably be looking at it scratching their head. It's like, wait a minute, you could take care of a guy like this, but not Bell. Again, it's the way you handle things. And I'm not denying that Le'Veon Bell deserved to have, you know, his guaranteed money 
could have been staying around with the Steelers, but still. There, there's a, another where you feel like, you know, your teammates are being showed up. Because remember, two years ago about this point in time, as it was like three days before the start of the regular season, basically, or three or four days, I should say. I mean, you heard guys like Ramon uh, Foster, who's now retired. Of course, Marquise Pouncey, Ben Rosberger. I mean, Ramon Foster, I mean, who think made the biggest one, too. I mean, just saying, like, he's making money more than I'll ever make at my position. And when we look at it. And, I mean, I, I have no doubt in my mind. I mean, that is true. But, I mean, at the same time, too, I mean, listen. You you, you made your own bed. And then you're hesitating on whether you're going to join or not during the season. I mean, listen to your agent. I mean, I'm glad you got yourself taken care of financially later on in the long run. But, I mean, it's, it'll be a big time wait and see this year as he is with the Jets. But, again, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, just no doubt. I mean, uh, Cam Hayward, no doubt about it. Congratulations once again to him. He's earned it. And I, I just really believe uh, he's done enough in his career, I mean, to really uh, be one of the faces of this franchise, I mean, for a long time. And it's a beautiful thing. And you know what? It, it takes a lot of like uh, guts and courage right there. But I mean, at the same time, too, remember Kevin Colbert was saying about a week or two ago, they weren't totally slamming the door uh, looking into other opportunities. I mean, with any other contract signings, with a guy like Cam Hayward, if it made sense. Remember that. I mean, they, he did mention that. I mean, they just couldn't make any certain promises because... Everyone was aware of how much uh, possibly this salary cap could drop by a reportedly expected $35 million. And like I mentioned, too, I mean, going into this uh, cap, I'm going to this uh, salary cap after they made their adjustments. I mean, right now, when we look at it, I mean, the overall team cap space for the Pittsburgh Steelers they're about over $7 million, $7.04 million in cap space. And I'm not expecting them to make any other signings. I know you got one guy who's floating out there in the NFL looking for a job, like a guy like Adrian Pearson. But I'm not sure if that's going to really happen at this point. I mean, that's one guy who I'm going to touch on a little bit later in the podcast here. Again, if you guys want to follow me on my social media, you, once again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Project Richie. Uh, for the Man of Steel podcast, you can follow me at Man of Steel CGR on Twitter, at Man of Steel Nation on Instagram. Hope everyone is having a safe and memorable Labor Day weekend as uh, we continue to hit it up right now. Exciting times right now. Still not holding my breath on if we're going to see a full season, but I got to tell you, my confidence feels... Uh, Sky high right now. I mean, yet we're still possibly getting a rude awakening with this pandemic. Supposed to get a little bit nastier in the fall. I mean, let's just wait and see how that pans out. But again, I, I really do feel for right now, the NFL, I mean, they've been taking the necessary uh, precautionaries, uh, trying to get environments uh, safe. And I, I, I disagree when I hear people say, I mean, when you look at like uh, other uh, like schools, like some college, some high schools, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it is unfair to them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, where they can't be having 
any football for their young athletes or their students, but yet the NFL is going to try and ram it down their throats. I disagree. No. I, the thing is, you got to understand, too. I mean, my heart feels for a lot of those young uh, students, athletes, who are trying to work on getting scholarships, go over the schools. I mean, Grant, football is not the most friendliest of sports to warm up to these days because of the brutality that we've seen in the last decade that's been uncovered by the concussions. But, I mean, the biggest thing you really have to be aware of, too, I mean, listen, this is a job at the end of the day. I mean, this is a, a, nothing to really mess around with where you could be seeing uh, futures, I mean, of teams' fortunes be impacted significantly. And, and the problem is, I mean, with that, we, we fail to understand. I mean, listen, everyone is losing money around this time. I get that. There's a lot of people working from home, probably people collecting family. I mean, unemployment right now. I understand that. But again, you also got some younger guys who are trying to play for their future, their lives. And I, I know it's a lot more harder to concentrate when you got like a couple of weeks ago too and more recently in Wisconsin. I mean, with the shooting uh, Jacob Blake, then you have George Floyd, his murder, a police brutality a couple months ago back in May. I feel like the NFL has been doing everything they can to like support Black Lives Matters. I mean, within the last year, especially having a guy like Jay-Z come over, I mean, sign a deal with the NFL's partnership. I mean, trying to do everything they can to open up, I mean, address issues of social justice, racism in this country. It's not always perfect. But I do believe they have been trying to uh, spread the message as best they can. It's not always the most uh, prettiest, the most uh, convenient way. But I do believe they care. I mean, especially when you look at a league who's got a majority of white owners and hardly any uh, person of color except for like the Jaguars owner. I forget his name. His name escapes me. But anyway, I mean, bottom line is they are trying to make change. I really do. I mean, they have been trying to look out for the safety of the players. I mean, this past uh, preseason, there was no preseason. That was wiped out. I mean, the NFL was trying to, like, thin it to two, yellow in one game. But as we remember, at the end of July, too, going in the early part of August, I mean, it was agreed by the league and the players' union that there would be no preseason. Instead, you're just having, like, uh, teams going with some um, ramp-ups and some... Uh, and some like uh, intense reps where with, with weightlifting or, or whatever, just playing against your own team and sets offense versus defense. And I'll be honest with you, once things do get back to normal, I'm not sure if I want to completely wipe out preseason. I still believe it is important to at least have yellow in one game, maybe two games at the at the end of the day. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, when we are on normal and you are trying to compete, you do want to have a nice uh, rhythm and momentum and a lot of uh, communication going in here. Again, we are uh, a week away from the start of the regular season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, actually less than three days away from the actual official opener of the NFL cross board. Primetime stage, Kansas State Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans. A rematch of the AFC Divisional Playoff game uh, from last year. 
uh, which uh, saw one of the many double-digit uh, comeback wins by a guy uh, in Patrick Mahomes. And yes, uh, Steelers Squad 4 and 2, thank you very much uh, for joining here. You got to at least have two preseason games. Yeah, I, I think two is fair enough, but I think one, I mean, you could probably get away with. I mean, until we uh, go like a full year, I mean, with this pandemic, I mean, the thing is, too, I mean, you're trying not to get as much exposure. I remember, just to recap, too, this year is supposed to be having, I, I think, with the helmets, kind of like a like a shield guard in a way, uh, other, underneath like the, like, you know, like where you would wear like the helmet and then like the breathing area. So we'll see how that's going to be effective. If that continues still uh debut uh, for this year. But uh, yeah, I, I really feel like uh, right now what we have to look at, I mean, yeah, you want to evaluate your young talent, but at the same time, too, I really do believe, I mean, for uh, this year, uh, we really got to see a lot more, I mean, for this time here. And it's, it's, it's just really hard to say how you go off that. I mean, the only other thing is, I really do believe Mike Tomlin has done everything in his power to prepare this team. I mean, you've been hearing throughout, like, his uh, speeches with the players or I don't know if you ever got a chance to see the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, standard uh, episodes on uh, YouTube here as uh, we look at it. I mean, those are some definitely some awesome like uh, documentaries. Just to see how Coach Tom has got his team prepared. Make sure they're being in the safest environment possible. I mean, for this time. I mean, and I and I like I said, I don't mean to go back in time, but almost a couple weeks ago now or over a week and a half. I, yeah, wonderful, uh, beautiful speech right there by Mike Tomlin. Uh, staying in unison with his players right there. I mean, as he all said, I mean, we're all staying up here as fathers, husbands, family men, uh, friends, neighbors. I mean, basically, I mean, especially during these times right there and trying to stand united as one. But I mean, the key thing is with Mike Tomlin, it's like, you know, everyone's got to be lockstep in this to make this uh, work. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you what, Steelers squad, I do think next year is going to be a good sign of things to come. I mean, obviously, we want to see the player, the Steelers get not only back into the playoffs, but you also want to end a four-year drought of not winning a playoff game. I mean, which you won two out of three. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I definitely feel like that is definitely very... Uh, Doable right here. I mean, I think he had like uh, Andrew Filippone of 93.7, the fan. I mean, just basically saying that, you know, just getting to the playoffs and not winning a single playoff game would be unacceptable in this situation. I, I could definitely agree with that because I definitely do feel like if you are, I mean, if you're not going to get back to the Super Bowl, you do want to at least get back into the playoffs, make an impact uh, for that time. I mean, that's just really what it is, plain and simple. Let's go to some other uh, topics here. I did mention in the description, uh, be, hopefully being joined by Brian Diardo. I mean, if not, we're trying to work out on something, hopefully in the next few days. So he's already aware right now. He's actually busy uh, getting his reports done right now. Remember, he's the NFL writer for CBS. You can check him out on CBSSports.com. Has a lot of interesting uh, articles here, uh, which he does. 
Uh, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Brian Diardo right now. And one uh, significant cut I really must uh, say right now, uh, Jordan Berry, who has been the punter since uh, 2015, uh, he has been uh, released right now. And and taking uh, his uh, place right now for the Steelers is actually a uh, former Chiefs player and recent Super Bowl champion who played on the Chiefs squad for the past 15 uh, years, talking about uh, none other than Dustin Colquitt. Uh, Colquitt, he is the son of a former two-time Super Bowl champion of the Steelers under Chuck Knoll's team in their last two Super Bowls that they won at that point in time. Uh, uh, he played for at least for a total of six years, 1978 through 1981, and then 1983 for 1984. Uh, Colquitt, as mentioned by Diardo, says that he was released by the Chiefs in April, came to Pittsburgh for a trial on Sunday, apparently did enough to convince the Steelers to sign him. Colquitt's success at Tennessee made him a third-round pick in the 2005 NFL Draft, a Pro Bowler in 2012 and in 2016. He averaged 44.8 yards per punt during his time in Kansas City on three different occasions. Colquitt posted the NFL's longest punt during the regular season. And there's information right there. Thank you very much, Brian, my man. Uh, like I said, uh, hope, hopefully you could still uh, join here in a second. If not, uh, you know me, have a good uh, rapport with each other uh, going forward. So not a big deal if, uh, if, if we can't do this tonight. But thanks anyway for always uh, having each other's back, including mine, all the time here. But, uh, yeah, I, I really feel like that was interesting right there. I mean, uh Jordan Barry, I was surprised. He was the punter since uh, 2015. Remember, he replaced it, replaced Brad Wing. And I thought Brad Wing was pitiful with the Steelers during his time. I mean, there was a lot of times where he put the Steelers in some bad spots. But still, I mean, you look at uh, Jordan Barry's overall career with the Steelers, never making the Pro Bowl. But, I mean, uh, still, I mean, his uh, punting, his career long was in his first year was a punt of 79 yards uh, back in 2015 in his inaugural year. He only had one block punt out of uh, 328 punts in his career with the Steelers. And his uh, career high and average for punts was 45.6 uh, yards per punt. Uh, that was his high in the second season of 2016. So there you have it with their... And I, like I said, I was a little uh, surprised by that move. But hey, I mean, if you got like a two-time Pro Bowl here, plus a guy with Super Bowl experience too. I mean, uh, Dustin uh, Colquitt here. I mean, who has played a while. And, and don't forget too. I mean, Jordan Berry. I mean, right now. I mean, this guy. He is 29 years old. But you also got a guy in Colquitt right now who who brings a lot of veteran experience. And uh, this guy right now who's uh, played in the league uh, during his uh, time, uh, this guy is 38 years old. And I'd be really interested to see uh, what he does here. I mean, with this team. I mean, how much of an impact he's going to make on this. Because I got I to gotta tell you right now, you got Danny Smith right here, who's one of the coaches on the Steelers team right now. 
who's been around since 2013. Very aggressive with his play calling, too. I'm sure they had to catch his eye as well, too. I mean, don't think he didn't have much of a say uh, in this. I believe he did. I mean, for a guy. I mean, the special teams, I've been saying for, like, last uh, recent, last few years, including last few weeks, that the Steelers' uh, special teams returns, especially, more in particular, not just the punting, but I've always been on top of this team as demanding that, it, I mean, hoping that they would get, like, not only, like, um, defensive takeaways for touchdowns, but now I've also recently uh, added to that, too, not just getting that, but getting special teams returns for touchdowns, too. Because remember, Deontay Johnson just snapped a five-year drought of a punt return for a touchdown, I mean, which was set by Antonio Brown. And then the last kickoff return for a touchdown he had was back in 2017 by Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I mean, when you had pretty much all your guys rested against the winless Browns, who actually went on to go 0-16 that year. I mean, that was it. I, I really do believe the... I mean, like, the the return game has got to step it up here a notch. So let's get into, uh, real quickly, the big news. The biggest highlight of the day was uh, Cam Hayward, uh, defensive captain. Congratulations once again, Big Cam. As he is one of five captains uh, named for the Steelers this year. Again, the, to the team captains for this year, again, it is two on offense. Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, and then three on the defense, Cam Hayward. And T.J. Watt and Jordan Dangerfield, they are the first-time captains on this team. In case one of those join us, welcome for those of you who are tuning in here to the Man Steel Podcast. We're streaming live off on Facebook and Instagram uh, right now. And as announced by Ian Rapport of NFL Network, Cam Hayward got a four-year extension worth $65.6 million in new money. And... Uh, which is about $16.4 uh, million uh, per year uh, base salary, which adds up to five years, $75.1 million. He becomes the highest uh, defensive uh, played uh, pair on, on base salary while over the age of 30. And, uh, I mean, that, that's incredible, too. I mean, I really believe, like, like I said, I, I love uh, rewarding guys with uh, hard work here. And uh, just been so noble. I mean, he's just been one of the best representatives and character on and off the field. And like in any other job, and like I said, excuse me for taking a parting shot at on Bell, but I cannot help it at this point in time. It's the way you handle things in a professional way. I'm not saying he was like uh, totally dissing the team out. I mean, yeah, he was playing the roles. I mean, you had a uh, franchise tag. I mean, he was in his right not to sign. But I do believe communication is everything right there. And then by one of your teammates, too, I mean, you're off, your offensive center policy saying that you were the beater on a certain day. You did not show up. I'm sorry. Listen, great guy. I wish him nothing to the best, but he did show up his teammates in a way. I hate to say that. I'm sorry for any one of those who are being turned off by what I'm saying. I'm not. It, it, I really believe this put this makes him look worse on so many levels right here. And you look at this guy, and I really do feel right now, I mean, this is going to be a special year. I really do believe so. Couldn't happen at a beautiful time right now. I mean, he had Jordan, I mean, Joe Hayden about a year ago. 
Uh, he got a two-year extension, but as Ed Bouchette will always point out that the Steelers do not do two-year extensions. Uh, they just tear up the contract, do a new three-year deal right there. Made the Pro Bowl uh, this past year. I mean, Joe Hayden right there. I mean, then you also had, I think, like the about two years prior to that, you had Stefan Tewitt, I mean, who signed his nice extension, but they got injured along the way. Not saying that's going to happen with Cam Hayward, but I think the last injury significance he had was that torn pectoral muscle. And I believe he suffered that in a big blowout win against the Chiefs on Sunday Night, Sunday Night Football back in 2016. But uh, anyway, congratulations once again, my man. Um, more props to you. Got your money, man. Now go get that ring. I know that's one of the things you're been uh, weighing uh, to get on here. And let's go ahead and go over uh, some of the cuts that were announced uh, this past uh, Saturday by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, they had to trim their roster, I mean, to the 53-man roster. They had about 27 cuts uh, made on that day. And here are the list of players that have been cut uh, on Saturday. Uh, you had uh, Paxton Lynch, Tariff White, Trey Edmonds and Wendell Smallwood. Syed Blacknail, DeAndre Tompkins, Deion Kane, Amara, Amara Darble, then you also have Ryan Switzer, Christian Delario, John Kenoy, Derwin Gray, Anthony Coyle, Jerron Jones, Kyle Markway, Kevin Rader, Uh, then you also had Kavon Walker, Henry Mondo, Calvin Taylor, Dan McCullers, Tuzar Skipper, uh, J. Rowan Elliott, Trajan Bandy, John Bale, Antoine Brooks, uh, Coralis Waitman, and Liam McCullough. McCullough. But other guys who did get signed to the practice squad, I mean, uh, on that... And uh, here's the practice squad guys you had on here. And of those guys uh, that were released, you had yeah, 14 of those guys that were uh, cut on Saturday, making it to the practice squad. Those guys are, and here's a practice squad uh, list. You got Trey Edmund, Trey Edmonds, Wendell Smallwood, Deion Cade, Amara Darbo, Derwin Gray, Anthony Coyle, Jerron Jones, Kevin Rader, Henry Mondo, Mont Mondo. Then you had Dan McCullers, Jerry Rowland Elliott, Trajan Bandy, Antoine Brooks, Carlos well, Waitman, Corliss Waitman, excuse me. And, and those are the guys you have on there too. And uh, most uh, recently uh, today, you had uh, Wendell Smallwood, uh, running back, and Devlin Hodges. I guess who also found the way uh, back onto the Steelers, uh, too. You also had, uh, right now, coming back, uh, right now, uh, we also had the return of Josh Dobbs and Sean Davis. Remember Josh Dobbs, who actually got sent over to the Jaguars about a year ago, mainly because uh, Mason Rudolph uh, be did enough to beat him out for the second uh, number two job behind Ben Rosberg. Then you had Devlin Hodges, your number three quarterback, 
Uh, he actually comes back here. I think that's be a real interesting uh, move uh, when we look at the depth chart. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick here and see if we got an update on that. I've been trying to look at it. I mean, where we got their uh, team captains uh, found out right now. And here we go. Here's the depth chart uh, for right now. And uh, here's where we got quarterback uh, for right now. So you got Josh Stobbs officially right now. He is listed as the number three quarterback in case anyone is wondering. If anyone's got a chance to look. So we'll be Ben Rosberger, followed by Mace Ruff and Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs will be the number three guy. Uh, just updating for those of you who did not get a chance to go on Steelers.com. You're listening to it right here on the Matt Steel Podcast. Be sure to go check it out when you get a second. And then, uh, like I said, uh, for the receivers, this is how you got it set out. Uh, right now, you got Deontay Johnson as your first and second uh, guys right there. And then the opposite uh, receiver, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, and Ray McLeod. So I'm not sure how that's going to translate. They're going to be use, using a slot receiver, how that's going to work out. And then the interesting uh, thing right now, I remember one of the biggest things, too, we're looking at was the right tackle position. It looks like uh, Zach Banner has uh, won the right to be the right tackle over Chooks for. Uh, for right now, as we look at it, and uh, right now, as uh, we look at, we're starting pulling up and looking it up right now on uh, Trib Live. And uh, the only thing is, I don't think it has been uh, decided uh, right now, but. Um, Right now, he's still uh, competing with Chooks core four for the right tackle position. It doesn't seem like anything has been settled right there. They're tied on that uh, one spot. So I don't know if that's going to be a rotational thing, uh, week to week, game by game. But uh, we'll find out because uh, remember, between Bear, don't forget, Chooks uh, core four, he was a third round pick here. And Mike Tomlin isn't ready to announce a star just yet. And Tomlin did say you may see or listed on the depth chart, uh, according to Tomlin. In the game, both players will be listed. And like I said, I mean, you, you heard uh, Zach Barron's uh, response basically understood that, you know what, at the end of the day, he's, re he's protecting one of the most important guys in Pittsburgh at this point. And that's very understandable at this point in time when we look at it. So, like I said, a lot of exciting stuff to get into right now. And let's go check out, look at the defense, see uh, where uh, Sean Davis fits in right now. Sean Davis, who's actually uh, come back to the Steelers as a strong safety. I cannot wait to see uh, where he's going to be listed at. So, he's going to be number two behind uh, Terrell Edmonds. And Jordan Dangerfield will be number three on that list. But yet, he's one of their defensive captains on here. So Terrell Edmonds seems like he's doing enough to have that job over uh, Sean Davis. I mean, don't forget Sean Davis, who I believe, let's take a look at his uh, profile here. Because I remember he went over to the Washington football team about a year ago. I think he was uh, released uh, last year by the Steelers. Or not with Washington, excuse me. Let's see here. Because I believe he signed with the Washington football team. 
they got released uh, shortly after that. Take a look at him right now. Just correct my thought here. So remember, last year he started the he entered the 2019 season as, as a starting free safety. Suffered a shoulder injury in week two and was placed on injury reserve on September of that year. Uh, he was signed by the Washington football team uh, this past March, and then he was released on Labor Day weekend, which was Saturday. So he uh, finds his way back in Pittsburgh as the number two guy. Like I said, goes from a starter to like a backup now as a backup role. But I'd be really interested to see. And I think the two surprise cuts that happened this weekend too. Not really surprised with this guy, uh, Ryan Switzer. I mean, let, let's face facts. Great guy. I mean, interesting uh, teammate here on this team. But like I said, the returns team, he was not cutting the mustard. He was not doing enough, I felt, to have the effective impact. He was an okay receiver at best at times. And he just, he never really made enough splash, splash plays. Because like, I remember the Steelers picked him up at the end of the preseason and cut weekend. Found his way onto this team. And I, I just never really felt like a guy like Switzer was like a, a secure fit for this team that they're going to be looking for. I mean, look at a guy like Ryan Switzer. Let's take a look at his numbers right now. I mean, this guy, I mean, don't get me wrong. Very noble, but it was not enough. I mean, this guy right here, when we look at his overall kick and punt return uh, average right now, I mean, for this guy, yards per return, career high was 8.8, .8, but that was with the Cowboys. As far as with the Steelers, 8.4 back in 2018. He only had 252 yards. No touchdowns whatsoever on either kick or punt return. Kick returns, he did slightly better. I mean, 20.2 yards per return was his career high with the Steelers. 25 average career high, and that was with the Cowboys back in 2017, his rookie year. I mean, I mean, this guy just didn't have it, in my opinion. I liked him, but at the end of the day, it was just not enough real quick over here. So, I mean, there you have it. I mean, we got the captain's name, went over the cuts. And let's go ahead and end the show with Farrah Fowl. We'll go around the league uh, topic right now. Uh, you heard of the Earl Thomas right now, who uh, shockingly is no longer with the Ravens. A uh, guy who's been named to the All-Decade team, I mean, this past offseason. Uh, Super Bowl champion, multi-time All-Pro but it seems like his attitude has been like uh, been getting like out of uh, line as of late. And you had uh, right now, I mean, one guy, Jimmy Smith, on the Ravens, who sent a cold uh, cutthroat message. I mean, regarding like Earl Thomas. I mean, who played on the Ravens for many years. Uh, Jimmy Smith, by the way, I mean, who's one guy the Steelers had a hard time uh, figuring out for the longest uh, time. I mean. When going up against the Ravens, this guy is a Super Bowl champion. He's he's not Pro Bowl, but here's what he had to say as far as on the release of Earl Thomas. It was unfortunate, but the Raven organization stands by certain principles. It's a certain type of culture here, and no matter who you are, you have to be a part of us. If you're not part of us, we don't really need you. End quote. Also, too, you also had the releases of Adrian Pearson, uh, AD Adrian Pearson right now, 
who's actually played 13 seasons in his career. Can't believe that time has went by so quickly right there. Former MVP, uh, multi-all-pro, all-decade team. And you also got Ha-Ha Clinton Dix right now. And one of the landing spots that the, as far as like Adrian Pearson may be looking into, maybe looking at possible playing with the Lions. Matt Patricia, he's possibly considering him. So we'll see how that ends up. But Earl Thomas right now, one of the things too, I mean, he, who, right now, he pretty much grew up in Texas, Earl Thomas did. I mean, in his uh, career, I mean, he, he was born in Orange, Texas, played college at Texas. Like I said, I mean, this guy has been a three-time All-Pro, seven Pro Bowl, around a Super Bowl champion, named to the All-Decade team. Uh, he played about nine seasons of his career with the Seahawks, where he made a lot of traction. And I'd be really interested to see what happens. Uh, will Jerry Jones be able to sign this guy? Because right now, I mean, they're already punted on not giving uh, Dak Prescott the proper contract he's due, I mean, for the year. So, and then you got Ha Ha Clinton Dix right now. Who's on over with the Cowboys? And which, by the way, Mike McCarthy is the head coach of that team. So, fair or foul, I will say uh, Adrian Pearson will find a landing spot bef before any of his two. I will say fair on that one. Adrian Pearson, who's on a similar board, like uh, Frank Gore, or who I think is still with the Bills. I mean, you still got a chance. I mean, right now, I mean, both guys, like in top 10, like in rushing. Take a look at the updated uh, list on that. But still, I mean, you got guys real quick over here who really uh, made their strides in the, in the run game. You got Frank Gore, who's third all-time in rushing. I mean, this guy is only about, like, over 1,000 yards for being on number two, passing up Walter Payton. Then you got Adrian Peterson, who's fifth on this list, with 14,216 yards. If he's able to play for a team... And get over at least, I'd say, 1,100 yards. He'd be passing up Barry Sanders for fourth. And he'd be right behind uh, Frank Gore. So, yeah, Evan Smith, Walter Payton, Frank Gore, Barry Sanders, and Adrian Pearson as your top five running backs. The remaining five uh, after that is Curtis Martin, LaDainian Thompson, Jerome Best at number eight. Still not a bad spot after he retired. He's still the top ten. Eric Dickerson, Eric Dickerson at number nine, not this, excuse me, Dickerson. And then last but not least, Tony Dorsett. And there you go. And there we have it. And that's going to do it for a wrap for this edition here of the Mass Steel Podcast. Remember, one, uh, Thursday night, you're going to be having the Kansas State Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans in a divisional rematch of the AFC uh, playoffs. Uh, that game will be uh, taking place. Thursday at 7.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. Check out that game as usual on uh, for uh, that game. That game will be on NBC. For Charles Ritchie and the Metal Steel Podcast, make sure to join me this Wednesday. Uh, hopefully, I'll have someone on with me uh, this time around. And uh, we'll give you more of a Steeler season preview uh, for the 2020 campaign as we inch closer and closer. Hey, thanks a lot, uh, Steeler Squad, for joining, man. Appreciate the support. Forever Steel, Steeler fan, Amanda, thank you very much. Always nice keeping in touch with you. Thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you checking it out. 
and uh, goat three timer. If I'm saying that correct, goat underscore three timer join for the Minnesota podcast. As always, leave everyone as I be signing off. Don't be trolling, be rolling. Here we go, series. Here we go. I gone. <laughs>